Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Anatomy and Physiology On The Go podcast. The podcast intended to provide you with brief, important, big picture ideas and concepts in the realm of human anatomy and physiology. I am your host, Gilda Harris, and I am a professor at St. Philip's College in San Antonio, Texas. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you are made aware of all the newest content that I create. Without further ado, let's get on to the next episode. Today's episode is a special one for me personally and will be an outlier from the rest of the episodes. We had been discussing from the very beginning pieces of anatomy and physiology, but I recently had a family member pass away due to liver complications and I felt this would be a very good time to discuss the liver and its importance to human life. While we are unable to move backwards to prevent previous issues, whether personal or within someone else, my hope is that this podcast may be able to start a conversation about a common issue that plagues many people. So please enjoy this episode of Anatomy and Physiology On The Go podcast. My intention is to get back to our normal schedule for the next episode. The liver is your largest internal organ, and for good reason. It does a lot of things in your body. It is about the size of an American football and is located in the right upper quadrant of the abdomen. The liver aids in digestion. It filters toxins from your body. It helps metabolize drugs that you take. It produces proteins. It helps store energy-rich glucose. Aids in clotting. It helps your immune system and hundreds of other tasks. Let's talk a little about each one of these functions. The liver produces a fluid called bile that is excreted into the small intestines by the gallbladder. Bile helps with digestion by breaking down fats in your diet into fatty acids that can be absorbed by the digestive tract. Without bile, most of the fat in your diet wouldn't be absorbed and would instead be excreted in your feces, aka your stool, aka your poop. While this might sound good for losing weight, there are a number of fat-soluble vitamins that cannot be absorbed without bile. For example, when you eat stuff in your diet that has vitamin A, D, E, or K, these are known as fat-soluble vitamins, and without bile, you can't absorb them. A lack of these vitamins can cause a number of conditions, including blindness, weakness of the bones, nerve damage, and blood clotting complications. Think of the liver as a large filter system. All the blood leaving your stomach and digestive tract has to go through the liver to be filtered. This means that a number of medications that you take by mouth have to go through the liver to be metabolized. Some are broken down by the liver to help clear them when they are done doing their tasks. Others get activated when they pass through the liver. When someone has an issue with the liver, they lose the ability to filter medications properly and this can lead to toxic levels of that medication. If you take a medication twice a day, you expect the first dose to be eliminated within 12 hours. But if your liver cannot break it down properly, it will remain past those 12 hours. Then you take the second dose and it lasts longer too. This will quickly lead to a buildup of the drug in your body and can be deadly. Let's think of another example of a filter. 
Let's say you have a covering over a drain in your bathtub to catch hair. If you don't clean this drain, it will get more and more clogged, eventually to the point where water cannot drain any longer and instead overflow. The same thing happens with chronic liver disease. Over time, the liver gets harder and harder and more fibrotic and its filtration properties worsen. Since blood flow going through the liver won't stop, what happens to all this backed up pressure? Well, the fluid starts leaking out of the blood vessels due to the pressure buildup and this leaking fluid starts to fill the abdominal cavity, causing a condition called ascites. The fluid will continue to back up into the abdominal cavity as it cannot push forward through the hardened liver. People with chronic liver disease have a distended abdomen full of fluid. With time, this fluid can even move upwards through the little holes in the diaphragm to fill up the space around the lungs, leading to pleural effusions. Now you've got a belly full of fluid causing pain and a decrease in appetite and your lungs are having trouble expanding due to outside pressure on them. The only option at this point is to put a needle in these areas to try and drain them, but this isn't a permanent solution. So far we've discussed the liver's impact on digestion and filtration. Now let's talk about some of the other important functions. The liver produces some of the proteins in your body. Proteins are vital for a process known as osmosis. Osmosis is the movement of water towards solute. When your bloodstream is full of proteins, water tends to move into your bloodstream towards these solutes. When you don't have proteins, there's no drive to move excess water into your blood vessels. This is another factor adding to the ascites that we just mentioned. Because instead of moving water into your bloodstream to have to go to the kidneys to be excreted, it now pulls into the abdominal cavity without a drive to be removed. The liver also aids in the storage of glucose. Glucose is an energy-rich compound that we get from eating. As we don't need all of our energy at once, normally this excessive energy-rich glucose gets stored in the liver as glycogen. With liver disease, there is a loss of energy storage in the form of glycogen. If your body doesn't have this storage system known as glycogen, then where does it get its energy when it needs it? Well, it starts to break down muscles to steal the energy storage system. This is why people with liver disease lose a lot of their musculature. Their bodies are starving for energy to run to the heart, to the brain and other parts of the body and the only place it can retrieve this needed energy is from breaking down muscles. So far, we talked about the liver as an aid in digesting fats, the liver as our body filtration system, the liver as a protein producer and the liver as a glucose storage system. The liver amongst hundreds of other vital tasks also helps with blood clotting and immune system. Blood clotting is important for everyone. If you're unable to clot your blood, then any sort of minor paper cut could cause you to die as you wouldn't stop bleeding. Imagine what would happen if you lost a tooth eating a delicious apple and suddenly you were comatose in a pool of your own blood. Not the best way to check out of this life. An apple a day to keep a doctor away wasn't the best advice here. But how does blood clotting work? 
well it's overly complicated like most things but long story short it involves a number of coagulating factors and a majority of them are made in the liver without these clotting factors blood won't stop oozing from every cut and scratch that you sustain and finally the liver is important in immunity your ability to fight viruses bacteria and other pathogens just as the liver makes coagulation factor it also makes factors that aid in the immune system without a robust immune system people with liver disease are at increased risk of getting infections we spent a lot of time discussing what the liver does and the consequence of having a faulty liver but what can lead to liver disease and ultimately liver cirrhosis which is end stage liver hardening and failure some of the most common causes are viral hepatitis chronic alcohol consumption obesity and some genetic conditions viral hepatitis includes hepatitis b c d hepatitis b and c are most commonly caused by unprotected sexual encounters or sharing needles with an infected person any amount of alcohol can also cause damage to the liver each time your liver had to filter alcohol some liver cells die and as they die they form scarring but the liver is very resilient and the liver is able to regenerate itself over time so mild alcohol use normally does not lead to any sort of long lasting liver disease but long term chronic alcohol use can overwhelm your liver's ability to regenerate and this can lead to permanent scarring that increases and increases until your liver is hard and non-functional this is what we refer to as cirrhosis at the beginning of this podcast i mentioned my reason for talking about the liver today 3 days ago a close family member of mine passed away after years of battling liver cirrhosis caused by chronic alcohol consumption Initially their only symptoms were intermittent diarrhea and some leg swelling. Their doctor didn't think much of these symptoms as they are commonly caused by a number of other conditions and not specific to the liver. Eventually my family member broke their hip after a fall and this is when I found out about the extent of their liver disease. They needed hip replacement surgery. but their body was lacking the clotting factors needed to perform surgery safely without them bleeding to death these clotting factors were replaced to perform the surgery but afterwards they always had an issue with bleeding from minor wounds as the years continued and the alcohol consumption did too they began to become more and more frail and thin someone who was always slender 105 pounds was now less than 80 pounds and this was due to the muscle wasting because their liver wasn't able to store any fuel despite being 80 pounds of mostly skin and bones their abdomen was swollen like they had just eaten at a buffet for hours this was the ascites due to the lack of proteins and broken down filtration system they would have to go to their doctor every few weeks to have this ascites fluid drained from their abdomen and lungs but it kept reaccumulating Unfortunately, due to impaired immune system because of the cirrhosis, my family member caught influenza and developed pneumonia. It was too much for them to handle and they passed away 3 days ago. It is still very fresh, but I wanted to talk about it, both to selfishly help myself cope and to possibly help others out there. At this point, I'd usually say something clever 
to ask you to subscribe to my podcast, but not today. If you or someone you know is misusing alcohol or any other dangerous substance, please reach out and try to get help. In the United States, you can call 1-800-662-HELP H-E-L-P, at any time to speak with someone about substance use issues. Talk to your family, talk to your friends, reach out to other people going through the same thing, talk to your doctor. Don't be embarrassed. You aren't the only one fighting the same fight, and there are resources. Please.